Warning, this show contains mature content and spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back, adventurer. Care for another story? One of a hero's triumph against darkness? A dragon's journey of self-discovery? Or perhaps two souls' quests to find unity? Well, pull up a chair and have a listen. Hi everyone and welcome to this episode of The RPG Show. My name's Brent, I'm your host, and with me today I have some fellas, some great guys, minus one of them's actually pretty terrible. Speaking of which, first up we have Nick Pedotoad Gantner. What's happening, my friend? Uh, are you just going to leave it up to the uh, listeners to discern which one of us is the terrible one? Well, I mean, obviously it's the foreigner in the bunch, right? Because without too much further ado, a long time in the coming, we have I Just Met You, and this is crazy. But here's the sword. Not kill me, maybe? It's Bjorn, man. What's happening, buddy? Uh, it's great. It's, it's just slacking around the sword. All right. Excellent. Excellent. So, uh, finally, some people might know him as Menthian. We know him as Bjorn, as the Swedish superfan. So, we're glad to have him on the show when we talk about Breath of Fire 4. That's right, that's what we're talking about today. But before we get into that, uh, I've got uh, a couple little house cleany tippy things I want to bring up. Uh, first up, <clears throat> the Discord server is live. It's been active. It's super active over there, guys. I think it's a way better uh, communication medium than the uh, forums are. So uh, if you haven't gotten to talk to us in the forums or send us emails or even if you have been sending us emails, like go uh, check out the Discord the Discord server. It's just a lot of us just kind of bullshitting around. Um, occasionally I'll throw out something that's show relevant, but it's just a lot of, you know, calling me fat, you know, calling Nick gay uh, kind of stuff over and over and over again with some uh, video game discussion thrown in there. It's actually been pretty great. Uh, you guys are in there. What do you guys think about Discord? Think it's working good? What about you, Nick? How do you think? Uh, I think it's working pretty well. Just like a normal everyday conversation. All right. What about you? What about you, Bjorn? Yeah, I think it's an awesome uh, add-on for the forums because this is more of a well chat function. There's actually when you see somebody it's online instead of just hmm. I wonder if someone posted now or never. Got it. Got it. Yep. That's awesome. Second is uh, in the description for this show, um, plus on the site, I'm going to have uh, a link set up. And we're only going to have this form up for the next month. Uh, so by the time the Illusion of Gaia review comes out, that form will be down. So make sure you go do it while it's active. And it's to, um, we want submissions 
for games for next year, or for season three, because we're already getting close enough. I can't even freaking believe that we're getting close enough where we have to start planning out what we're doing for season three. Um, so, uh, and we're going to do essentially a RPG from every console. That's our quote-unquote theme for next year. Um, initially, me and Nick discussed, we were, like, maybe we do, like, you know, something that's considered the best RPG on each console, but then... I don't think this show's very much fun if we just do the mainstream kind of stuff. We we kind of really get into some really weird, obscure, and often terrible uh, titles. So and we don't want that to go away. So um, in the spirit of that, we're kind of opening it up, see what we have uh, submitted there, um, and we'll we'll either do an episode where we kind of plan it out loud or. Um, we won't. <laughs> I don't know. I, mean, I don't know what we're going to do there. I don't even know why I made that a point of discussion. But uh, It just depends on uh, how easy the content will be to make. Uh, well, I we're, think, we're slackers. Well, I think it's going to depend on how many how many different uh, things get submitted. Because there's a few of the categories or a few of the consoles that ha- are pretty like, seem pretty unanimous. Where it's like, you know... Uh, five submissions for one game and maybe one or two for some other stuff. So... Um, if a lot of that's happening, then it's just easy and there's, you know, maybe we just put it on the, cause we'll do like, uh, cause like we did for season one, we did where the season one kind of like in review, um, we may do it like as part of the season two in review show, but it, we like, we kind of got to get the planning, um, as soon as possible on that. So that's why the forms only going to be open for a month. So, um, as of this show will be released on Halloween on uh october 31st so uh and then it'll be open for a month from there so uh i'll say i'll go ahead and say i'll take it down the first of december so uh get your submissions in before then i'll have a link uh make sure there's a link in the show notes and one on the site and that's the rpgshow.com to go to uh you also have it pinned in the discord right i have it it's also pinned in the discord to the to the top of that chat it's listed in the pinned uh post there so there's tons of ways to get a hold of it i'll make sure i tweet it out on twitter as well for those of you that are just following me on twitter um it'll go there too um i will say one thing up front uh because we've kind of already put it out to like our active people on discord so those of people have already submitted their stuff as well as i think i sent it out to a couple uh frequent emailers like kind of just to get people submitting things early so i can kind of see what things are going to look like um for our new game next year, we have a ton of submissions for Final Fantasy 15 and for World of Final Fantasy. All right, and before more people post those to the thing, they are valid selections. But Final Fantasy 15, word on the street is you know the story, just doing story, is a 60 plus hour game, and World of Final Fantasy is longer than that, um, and. Keep in mind, we have to play these on a schedule. So if we're looking at, you know, trying to play a 70, 80 hour game, that's like three months that's going to take us to play through and review that game. Um, so just kind of keep that in mind. If you're, you know, everybody out there is listening, willing to go three months without hearing a review, that's on you. Uh, you're more than welcome to keep submitting Final Fantasy 15 to World of Final Fantasy, but I just want you to keep that in mind. Uh, you know, cause typically these console games, we can get, you know, like a 30 hour game done in a month. Like that's kind of like where we're at. Anything over 30 kind of takes longer. Um, so when you get to talking about 70, 80 hours of play, 
that's intense. And uh, so um, just keep that in mind when you're submitting new games. Uh, I, there are a few other things that I would also accept in that new category. So like uh, like the remaster for FF12 is coming out. Like I would consider that. Um, there's also uh, I don't I haven't, I haven't gone and seen what mobile games are being released in the next few months. Um, so you know handheld titles are always uh, you know plus uh, any you know PC title or whatever. You know, there's, there's other options. I know the majority of fans listening to this show are going to be playing FF15 and they want us to play with them. Um, so we may have to make special plans around that behemoth if it's the one that everyone insists we play. Um, so just, you know, I just wanted to put that out there. Me and Nick will kind of set aside um, once we get that far and see what we could do to possibly make that happen, if that can even happen. Um, so, I mean... We'll get there. Nick did say he'll murder people if they make him buy FF15 before it goes on sale, but he may end up getting stuck with that. Uh, we'll see, because trust me, it's not like I got you know money for a new game either, but we'll work it out. Oh, man. Breath of Fire 4, guys. You guys ready to talk some Breath of Fire 4? Nice. All right. So... Uh, for those of you new here, because I, I say this every time, like there's people that never listened to the show before, uh, we break each game down that we review into different categories. We got gameplay, story, visual, audio, overall, and replayability. And we each go around the table and talk about the things we did like or didn't like in that category, score it from one to five. We do allow half scores because Nick's a douche and refused to just do one through five. Um, so, and that's kind of the, the schmeal. So, first up, uh, is gameplay so i guess i'll get us started breath of fire 4 is a turn-based rpg it carries over a lot of the uh gameplay mechanics from breath of fire 3 but that's kind of been the case as we've seen in each of these games was kind of like iterated on the one before it adding additional mechanics and and so on and so forth uh what is primarily different about the gameplay in breath of fire 4 versus breath of fire 3 nick uh, there's a couple things. The navigating the world map's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, in a way, it's the same, but it's different as Breath of Fire 3. Um, Breath of Fire 3, you kind of, you physically moved across the world map thing, but it was fixed. You weren't really exploring, like, the first two games. Uh, this one's even less so. It's just, like, a dot-to-dot, point-to-point map. Like, you're on, a, you're on an actual map, and you move left, down, up, right, and then you pick where the, what destination you want to go to, kind of thing. Yeah, it's uh, it's, um, it's very reminiscent of like a like Final Fantasy Tactics, where you got dots on the map, and as you um, progress in the story, more dots unlock, and you kind of go. You still do have that kind of pause for the question marks for additional explored or battle areas. Um, also, is a thing that's the same from Breath of Fire Three moving forward. Correct. Um, the gameplay is almost exactly the same as it in breath of, as it is in breath of fire 3 uh like in combat uh however the there is an addition where the characters you're not using in your party are in the reserves and you can technically switch them in and out anywhere anytime you want in the battle and sometimes they'll have like their own little unique skills like urshin uh when she's in the reserves will occasionally fire like a rocket punch thing and do yep. some damage to the uh, uh, enemies on the field that you're fighting covering fire i think is what it's called something like that yeah 
I think Shit. Nina's is a is a heel. Um, I went through and looked them all up. Um, I didn't get to see all of them because you know there's some characters that you'd never take out your primary party. But yeah, you you are able to swap them on the fly, which is incredibly useful when you're trying to build um, combos. Uh, you want to tell them about combos, Nick? Uh, sure. Um, combos are pretty much just uh, chains of abilities or attacks you can do um, that will progressively make them stronger and stronger and stronger the more you do. Um, the like, so let's say you use like a like a fire spell and then a wind spell. If you chain them properly, like your character's agilities are matched up right. Uh, they will fuse. They can fuse and create a stronger spell, um, and that happens with all the elements. However, if it's not working quite right, uh, you'll just see them do the the uh, basic attack like burn or sever, um, and that'll just happen. But uh, if you have the attacks being chained, they will get a multiplier, and the hits will go up and up and up, and you do more damage. Uh, you can chain like status effects to the things. Like if you use blind first and then do the sever spell, you'll get. Uh, the potential to have that do blinding to whatever thing you do, and it's uh, it can get pretty hectic, like the amount of shit that goes on the screen sometimes. But mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. Yep. Uh, what other changes are there from from three to four? So we covered the. the... Go ahead. Dra- the dragon system is a big change. Yes, it is similar. So um, if we look at the dragon system in three, you essentially you fuse together these different forms to um, transfer to a dragon, um, and you unlock the different spirits throughout the, the thing. Um, in four, you um, it's still this kind of a transformation to a specific dragon with all these different forms that you unlock, um, but there's no... Uh, because they kind of realized in three, or at least I did, where you found out which ones were best and you only really ever fused into those. So um, it's kind of the same where you you just have like a list of them to turn into. So, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, the big difference is instead of like finding the gene stones, uh, you just acquire the, the next forms when you meet the other dragons they kind of give you your power or whatever mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but you can uh, you can do an up, like you can upgrade the forms so you have like the basic form and then you can spend points to upgrade the form to the next kind of tier and get like stat boosts and abilities and everything like that so that was kind of cool um all right um so Oh, sorry. You're typing shit. I'm like, is he? What is he saying? A message? No, 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 no. I was, I was making. I was sorry. I was making notes. I tend not to try. I try not to do that in show. But I was, I was making some notes or some discussion points. I want to make sure I hit. So, uh, oh, there's some more stuff. The fishing is a little bit different. Yes, fishing is different. Not, not as fun in my opinion. Um, yeah, I would say it's it's more. Um, I mean, it's more like legitimate fishing, as then you gotta like move around the fishing area, like try and cast to where you think the fish are, and then and then reel it in. It's kind of a more, uh, I don't want to say more rounded experience, because um, I'm not sure if that's the best word, but uh, it's you know it's. I don't even want to say it's more involved. It's just kind of different. Um, it's less it feels like more work to me. Yeah, it's less mini gamey and more farmy. If you understand what I'm saying, like, does that make sense? Where, like, in three, it's a it's a definite like game in a game mini game kind of thing, 
and like in here it it feels more like you're harvesting crafting materials like it kind of has that feel to it it might yeah it, i can i can agree with that is that is that feel off like i think that's i think that's no, the best totally. way to describe it um so uh there's definitely fishing uh are those the uh what else you got that's different into this in this from three um, um the big thing probably is that you control at least part for part of the game the final boss yeah there's a play with him there's a it's it's a it, there's a we've brought it up and we'll bring it up in story um where uh, in breath of fire there's often sort of like a duality kind of thing happening um and th in this game it's even reflected it's it's kind of transfers from being reflected in the story to be reflected in gameplay as well um so that's a really interesting choice they made uh i think it's uh it's something we can discuss more uh, narratively speaking when we get to the story segment. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty uh, typical uh, JRPG as far as, you know, it's turn-based combat. You have, you know, health, mana, uh, you, the... Uh, the 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 you change how you learn skills from enemies so it's no longer you examine an enemy you guard until you learn it and then it can also be shifted around and done all that stuff uh the master system makes a return as well um which i'll talk about in a minute uh and for if you didn't play any of the other breath of fire games the master system is essentially uh, you meet these characters, and you do kind of... Sometimes you either meet some sort of requirement beforehand for them to show up, or you do some sort of side quest kind of thing um, to have the ability to assign these masters to characters, and it affects... Uh, not only can they gain additional skills, um, but they also... It, can, it affects how their stats grow when they level up. Um so uh, that was something that was very um, prominent in Breath of Fire 3, and it also makes a return here. Uh, again, you learn skills from enemies, his combo system. I think that basically covers um, the gameplay uh, in general. Um, yeah, the majority of the gameplay is similar to Breath of Fire 3, so yes. it's just kind of... Uh, they added some stuff, and that's about it. The fairy, they changed some things. The fairy village makes a return as well, um, so there's still some town building-esque... Uh, stuff in this uh, game as well. Uh, also, not as prominent as it was in Breath of Fire 2. So, um, again, like each game feels like an iterative process upon the previous games, and it's very apparent. Uh, I think this uh, this might be the last in the the series that feels iterative, from what I from what I understand. I haven't played Dragon Quarter yet, so we don't know. But um, this definitely feels like, uh, from what I hear, this is the final in the iterative steps of Breath of Fire before they kind of go off in the left field for Dragon Quarter. Uh, but we'll go around the table and say things that did and did not work for us in this game. Um, start with you, Nick. What are some things that worked for you gameplay-wise in this game? Uh, I am definitely 100% a fan of having a rear guard in your party mm -hmm. uh, and being able to swap between the characters on the fly. Um, I feel like it makes sense, like not only in like an actual... Like, like, I guess like a realism type way. Like, you're like in other games, your character, like, you can have like a big party, but you're only using three characters at a time. And sometimes they like they try to fit it into the lore or the world itself, and they're like, oh, well, they're just kind of waiting at home base for you. 
to to do things and get back and whatever. Uh, but I've always like been like, that's retarded. You just you're we're fighting a war and you're just kind of hanging out. Like that doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah, where so, you, where you been? Where you been, man? Like yeah. Like uh, so it doesn't like it, it always bothered me. But in this, um, it's like a thing. And then they're not just there hanging out. They're actually have the ability to do things for you, like help you out in an actual fight, which is was cool. Um, I liked the but the mini games that they had uh, were actually kind of incorporated into the story, and mm-hmm. there were a bunch of them, and they're all and they're all just kind of random, like feeding some dude at a bar, like mm-hmm. giving him uh, shit like that, having to do like uh, like uh, bartering for information. I loved kind of cool. I loved the crate stacking mini game. I don't know why, but I was I was so into like moving that crane around and making sure I got. I was I was like, nah, all these boxes are making it on this ship, dog. <laughs> like this is how this is gonna work. Uh, so yeah. yeah, it was just the. <coughs> Sorry, it's just like a bunch of random stuff, but uh, like it kind of broke up the monotony of just kind of walking around and doing shit. Definitely. Uh, so I liked that. Uh, the combat system works fine with me. Uh, a fan of it. Um, the I guess that's really I like I liked the kind of hopping back and forth and getting the like kind of the point of view of Folu, mm-hmm. um, and like. I liked it because it was kind of like a tutorial almost kind of thing. Like you get, you get this overpowered character, you learn a little bit more about the gameplay. Like you, you get some stronger abilities. He's you're not afraid of like dying quickly with him, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that kind of stuff. Uh, I guess that's about it from what I can think off the top of my head. All right. Um, what about you, Bjorn? What are some things that worked for you in uh, this uh, iteration of Breath of Fire? First, I guess I'll ask you, have you played any of the other Breath of Fires recently? Yeah, I played some of the Breath of Fire 2 at the same time that uh, you did before the show. Okay. But the third one I have never finished, so it's the second and the fourth that I have played Okay, all right. So, um, what are some things that worked for you gameplay-wise in this iteration of Breath of Fire? Well, <clears throat> I really like the exploration of the world map, and uh, it's a bit—it's good both and bad that you can go between the dots and not encounter anything in between. But I like the thing where the question marks comes up and you don't know if there's a hidden path or anything that you can come from. Mm-hmm. At a point on, so I like that quite a lot because, well, it's at a extra dimension if, if you want to go in there or not. But uh, otherwise, I'm mostly well. I'm uh, agreeing with Nick on the on the other stuff with the combat teams, and the thing that I really like is that if a, uh, if someone in the party or in the other reserve team dies, they and the, you don't resurrect, resurrect them during the combat they lose uh their max health before you rest in an inn and i think that is uh well it's a nice touch because then you can't be like oh no they died i don't care i just resurrect them after so i think that's awesome it does it adds a bit of gravitas to the uh a character dying so i you know i'm with you on the uh uh 
the sort of penalty placed in for for killing characters it doesn't feel incredibly punishing but it does feel like all right i gotta get to an end i gotta do a thing um i'm with you on that is there anything else that particularly stands out for you uh gameplay wise no it's uh, the same as nick said about having uh, uh, both the last boss that you go around and check things out i really like that point of view since uh, well it's uh, it's quite different from old the JRPGs where you just see the bad guys talking and everything and it's like, okay, we're now gonna fight. This character gives you a bit of backstory at least. Okay, alright. I can I can I can uh, I can see where that you're going with that. For me, things that I liked, I uh, again uh, carry over from Breath of Fire three. I really like the fact that how the world map works. Like you basically go point to point. There's not a whole lot of monotonous uh, you know just random encounters trying to get from point A to point B when you're just trying to travel a long distance. Um, it doesn't make it feel punishing to go back and revisit old towns. Um, I, I like, uh, the variation in, in gameplay. Like there's a lot of different things happening at any point in the, in time. So like, if you're not exploring a dungeon, like, uh, so there are a lot of areas that aren't like dungeons or castles that, uh, because a lot of times in, in RPGs, especially JRPGs, if you're not in a dungeon or a castle, like let's say you're exploring some forest, that forest just feels like a forest dungeon. But not so much in this game. Like unless you're like really uh, diving into an enemy foothold, like if you're just out in an area doing a thing, there's often going to be some other mechanic in play to make uh, the game more interesting, whether it be puzzle, minigame, or even like the Golden Plains where it's like a th- uh, like a 3D solar perspective trying to explore this big wide open expanse. Um, so I really like that it, it really did feel different. I was engaged um playing the game throughout the entire thing and there wasn't like uh points where i'm like oh it's just it's farm time it's 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 x time like there's constantly new things to do i'm also a fan of the being able to switch characters in and out any time like it it really kind of adds an uh extra level of of uh tactical awareness to what you're doing because you can you know uh you can really get kind of creative with how you lay out your skills um, and you kind of watch more where people sit uh, as far as agility-wise. You can hit those combos. I really felt like the combos were a nice bonus. There were times where they felt a little more necessary than I think they should have. Um, but at the same time, like that's fine. Uh, I, I, it didn't really bother me. So, uh, what else? Um, things that I liked. I think that's. I mean, that's that's mostly it. I think uh, the. The, uh, yeah, I think, I think that about covers it. Now, for things that we didn't particularly care for, Dorm, why don't you go first? What are some things that you did not like about the gameplay in this game? Well, there's a duality in this, but, uh, the mas- masters in the beginning, when it's very time consuming, if you find one, you need to run back and everything. It's, it's a nice system if they implement it right. But I don't like the part where you have to, like, traverse the, whole world just because you will need to check something if you wanna well if you met the criteria then uh, the part of uh, you being able to steal stuff mm-hmm. well i don't think i i don't think i managed to steal like one thing in the entire game I was like nope otherwise there are not that many things i want to complain about really the only thing i know straight off my top of my head is the compass in the golden plains that's for me total bullshit 
just turning uh, <laughs> their directions around. And uh, one thing that was annoying, I think, was that when you come uh, to the Emperor, the palace in the end where you're supposed to fight Fulu, mm-hmm. the whole game in itself, all the way there, is quite easy. You can find your way, you can take a wrong turn, you have to guess a little bit. And then you come to the last place and there's like a huge maze with, well, the encounter rate, I think, I felt like went up through the roof and there were like enemies all over the place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that, well, that was, well, mostly the things that I disliked about the game. Okay. Um, well, for me, uh, some things I didn't like. Uh, first off, I can agree the Golden Plains are kind of a bitch. Um because and that's mostly due to this point um so i didn't really care for it i I think i was indifferent in breath of fire 3 to how the camera worked um where you could kind of cock it one way or the other to see if something was hidden behind it um well they kind of give you full control of the camera to kind of turn and look in this uh in this game in this version but they then designed the world not caring about perspective at all um, like when you get into a city or a really kind of compact place, you just can't see anything. It doesn't like you're either constantly flipping your camera around or you just don't see shit. Like you're just blindly walking through an area like, all right, I think the stairs is there up. Oh, I got it. Um, and there's a few times where you're like, uh, early on when you get to one of the first cities and you're chasing that little dog around before, to get into the orphanage or whatever. Um, like you don't have time to be flopping your camera around to catch that little fucker. Like, but yet you can lose your character and that character behind buildings due to the weird perspective of this game. And I, and that was like my biggest hang up gameplay wise was how this weird camera movement thing worked. And it kind of is reflected in like that. The compass in the golden planes is kind of shit. So like it, it, it really kind of throws you off a little bit. Um, some other things I didn't like. Uh, uh, again, let's revisit the master system. So I remember kind of liking the customization behind the master system in Breath of Fire 3. All right, like it didn't bother me as much. It didn't feel as punishing. In this game, it feels incredibly punishing to level characters without having a master. Like it does not feel good. Um, like they're like almost every strategy you uh, strategy guide you look up on this game they're like oh just kill everybody off except for X and like you're just solo character playing this game until you get a master that's good enough to actually let Ryu level and that to me is bullshit um, like that's that it feels way too punishing um, to be leveling without a master uh, it, there are ways they could have solved this I think they could have solved it with more masters that were either good or give you more masters to start with. So, like, think Final Fantasy VIII, where you have this uh, GF uh, junction system, but they start you off with a variety of selection of junctions that are adequate to help skill up and level up your character. So, I, I think if the game had really started you with, like, three or four masters at your disposal, it would have fixed that problem, but it didn't. You know, you play for eight eight or so hours before you I don't even know if it's eight it might be a little less but it's not it's not right off the bat that you get your first one and your first one's not even remotely close to relevant for Ryu so it, it kind of creates this weird uh, punishing dichotomy in uh, the game because there's so few masters and so few good masters that I, I just don't think the system's particularly fun at all um, 
Then uh, there's the skill system. I think the skill system is a bit underwhelming, again, is that, you know, you can only have one version of the skill, and you kind of got to move them around. But there are way more useless, kind of, like, shitty skills, I felt, in Breath of Fire 4 than Breath of Fire 3. At least Breath of Fire 3, I felt like I got a few that I used regularly, um, like, more than a handful. Here, it felt like there was only, like, you know three or four that I used regularly, and that's because they had a weird overpowers <laughs> like kind of uh, abilities to them. Uh, so that I kind of wasn't a fan of. Uh, what else did I... I mean, I was really disappointed by the fishing, again, coming off of Breath of Fire 3. Um, it was kind of like, ah, well, I don't really care about this. Moving on. Um, yeah, so basically just the camera, the master system, and the skill system are my biggest complaints about this game nick what are some things that did not work for you in breath of fire 4 um i'm pretty much aligned with both of y'all the except about the world map um i'm not a fan of world maps like this okay like i don't feel like it works for this type of game like if i guess it's just because of a bias from all the other like rpgs that are similar to this like turn-based you explore world map you explore everywhere you kind of walk where you need to go and then if they're nice enough, they'll give you a character that has a teleport or warp, so you can warp to towns if you need to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but like, I feel like this kind of world map works better in a, a tactics game where you're not expected to be like exploring and leveling up. Like, you just go from point to point. You go to a new combat, like a new battlefield. You do combat there. You go to a new battlefield. You do combat there. Not like exploring. I guess it just. It, I guess it's okay, but it doesn't sit right with me. I don't know. Was it, like I'm not a fan. I've never been a fan of it. So whatever. Okay. Uh, Master system. Always hated it. Always hated the concept. Just love. Just level. Just give your character stats and have them level up for the game. If you want to learn skills, great. But I don't feel like you should affect stats. Well, what if like, said, like what if I said what like I said like what if you had a selection of four or five right off the get go like right as you start like maybe you know two hours in the game you you unlock like a like a set of these masters now they're probably not the best masters in the game but they're fairly decent and you could start customizing characters from the get go would that make the system better for you? No, because I hate customizing character stats. But you love Final Fantasy. I don't Fantasy care Tactics. about what. Never mind, just continue. But I love what? You love Final Fantasy Tactics. Like, I don't understand why this is a problem. Like, I understand why the, okay, well, the, the difference... stats, stats mean right. anything different. Okay, Brent, the difference with Final Fantasy Tactics is... it's Like, you can de-level your character and customize your stats anyway. And the game is, in my opinion, piss easy, as long as you know what you're doing. So it doesn't really matter what your stats are. Like... Okay. In a game like it, in a like in a regular RPG where there's no way to de-level, like no way to fix your fucking mistakes, it's kind oh, of a okay. problem. Okay. You fuck up your character. Like in Five Nights Tactics, there's ways to like you can step on traps and they will lower your level. Enemies lower your level. Okay. So you can technically min-max by like leveling up as a higher, like a better class, and then changing to like chemist or some shit de-level. So you, the stats that you they, they do get taken away are, aren't that bad, and then you go back and equip the better class or job and then you level back up in that and that's how you, you boost your stats in that so that still seems like it does, way it seems way off but I, it's fa- that's fair like i'm not telling you you have to like it i i just don't I, you know it's fine continue like in a game where there's a fixed like you get a fixed resource of levels okay and it's possible to fuck up i'm not a fan like i'm totally cool with with getting masters and training with them doing what you got to do and getting new skills and customizing that way because then you're not crippling yourself in the future by like fuck it up like 
that's another like I guess I'm gonna rant now. Uh, like in old school MMOs, like uh, where you have to physically like like you are responsible for choosing your stats as opposed to it just kind of being like the new generation of like theme park shit where everything's based off gear. Like when you have to physically like you physically make a build. Okay. And you spend like a hundred hours, and then you accidentally like something happens. You accidentally like misclick. You put a like a stat point into one wrong stat, and your whole build's fucked up. Now like, I that, know this isn't even remotely close to what we got in this game, but how about a system like this where you have the masters? They do affect your stats and your skills, but as the character levels up, they get a like one of the stats on the character that doesn't change unless by gear or special unique items. They have a certain number of like train points, if you will, and you can assign those to masters to affect your stats and you can reset that like like you're not resetting your level but you could say you get a new master um and you can clear out your train points and apply them all to the new master would that be a better system for you sure because it's not permanent like so it's just it's the permanent nature of it it does feel a little punishing i'm with you on that that it does feel um punishing um i don't think it feels as punishing if you have a set to use from the get-go but having like very few usable ones i think is is where this really kind of fucking sucks but yeah, continue what are some other I things mean, that... i don't like i don't feel like you need this system though to beat the game like you don't have to abuse the system to beat the game like no, i i beat it when i was a kid and i had no idea the fuck was going on like playing not through it again like i caught so much in the storyline and everything that i missed when i was playing as a kid and i was like holy shit everything makes more sense now to me yeah. so but anyway gameplay uh fishing sucked I, maybe I fished once, like just to kind of remember how it went. Yeah. And I was like, "Fuck this." Uh, still not a fan of the fairy crap. It feels like just a time sink. I'm indifferent to it um, this time around. Yeah. Um, the dragons, the way that they're like different. I'm like, I'm not a fan of. I guess. Uh, just. Like. I don't know. They're just kind of weird to me. Like the whole transformation thing. I like. I prefer the first game system where you get a dragon and you transform in that dragon and you stay that dragon yeah and like you get the attack you do whatever it's simple i know but i don't know it's just i have to prefer simpler because simpler generally works better when you try to make things complex and um you know i i don't i didn't mind how this dragon system worked as much uh you know i like I do think I like it better than fours, um, because fours is cool. Wait, I wait, mean, wait. I mean, we're, better, pl- we're playing four. better than threes, um, because and way better than two. Per, two probably has the worst dragon system, but um, I like it better than threes because three, while it's cool, at the, like when you you see it, you're like, oh, this is really awesome because I can combine all these things. But when you really get to thinking about it, it's more of an illusion of choice than a real choice because some of those combinations don't do anything. So you're really only ever clicking the ones that you know are really good. Um, well, that and I feel like the devs knew that because you get hotkey or like save your specific ones that you liked a lot. Yeah, like the like it has like the hat the past summons list, and you just yeah. keep using the one that you found that worked really great, and then you don't have to worry about anything else anymore. Yeah, um, like I do I do appreciate on this one that you like everything is like each of the dragons is different. Like they're unique in their own way. They have their own unique like abilities and mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. elements and that shit. And so you may switch them up like you can power them up choose which one's your favorite kind of thing i mean but uh i guess i'm just like old school no and i'm with you like i don't think there's anything wrong with the first the first one i, I kind of i'm kind of with you that i like it um 
because it, it, it's just it's kind of like an advanced like summon system where you summon the thing like or you turn into a thing that has like x you know x abilities um like and just make it simple and make and it makes each new unlock it doesn't feel like a like a, a new stage you have to figure out because like this this way you find a new one and you're like all right now i gotta figure out like what's this useful for what does its things do blah 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 i the old school way when you get a new thing most times it's just flat out better so you just use the new thing and so yeah. you get the next new thing and then you use the next new thing you're constantly changing instead of pay, perhaps getting a new thing that's mostly utility that you don't really use so you just keep using the old thing but you wasted four hours of game time to get the new thing that you never use um you know i think that's more of a uh I guess I'd call it mid-modern like game design kind of choice where it's 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 it brings back and I know I I know I said this a lot in season one of the show it's it's an illusion of choice where they give you things it, way more options than you need to make you feel like the game is open and expansive when it's actually not um, it's 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 you only really have a handful of useful choices so exactly um, so let's score it. Why not, right? Uh, so gameplay, uh, Nick. Where do you go to score gameplay? Uh, I'm gonna give it a four because uh, it's still it's, it's playable and I felt like it was enjoyable despite some things I had slight issues with. But in my opinion, they weren't kind of game breaking. So. Okay. Okay. Um, what about you, Bjorn? Where are you gonna score it? Well, I'm gonna give it a four as well because even if it's an awesome game in many aspects, there are still some things that could be improved quite a bit so four is a well it's a it's a set yep um and i think i'm right with you guys i'm going to give it a four i had a ton of fun playing this game like i I, i'm not gonna lie like it it carried me forward um almost all aspects of it it, i really enjoyed and the gameplay of it you know it it, at times it, it felt really cool and really unique and other times it felt really typical and i don't know if that's necessary uh i don't know if that's reflective of us having played all these Breath of Fire games in sequence that makes some of it feel kind of kind of tropey or sameish, um, while you know focusing on other points. But at the same time, like I said, uh, at the end of the day, um, the, the way the game played, I, I really did enjoy. There were a few faults, um, specifically that that camera, like it was it was atrocious, um, and it, I think it detracted wholeheartedly from for almost every moment of gameplay in this game aside you know outside of combat that camera was just not fun um so moving on to the next area story so uh nick uh you can go into as much or little detail about the story as you want like this because i mean i normally ask you to give us a brief rundown um because like the games we played so far this year are are have been pretty uh pretty bare-bones stories really uh i think this is the most involved story we've got yet um this year so why don't you tell us kind of what's uh what's what's going on um in this game story-wise okay uh so pretty much the overarching plot thread line type thing is that a thousand years ago uh folu was summoned to this world uh by a bunch of warring nations and he united them into an empire uh, once his task was completed, he uh, like, and he was somewhat incomplete. So that's a common theme that's happening 
uh, a lot here in this game. Um, like these beings are being summoned to this world, and they're most often incomplete in some form or fashion. So uh, he was summoned, he was incomplete, and he but he's aware that his the rest of him is going to be coming uh, eventually. So he goes to sleep. A thousand years later, he wakes up, um, and he's ready to re renew his rule of his empire or whatever. Uh, but the current living people aren't having none of that shit. They're like, hell no, we're in charge now. We don't want you to take back over. Um, and then, so that's all pretty much Folu stuff. His journey to try to become, like, get back to being uh, into the position of power he was before, even though he's significantly weaker uh, because he was resting and he's just trying to reunite with his other half. So the other half um, is Ryu, the main character. He kind of uh, wakes up in this uh, hole in the ground that Nina finds him in, um, and he just kind of just tags along for a while because he doesn't really have any idea what idea what he's doing. Uh, eventually, he learns who he is, what he is, um, and uh, his part of the game is he just trying to stop Folu from uh, doing what he does. Um, something interesting you can do at the end of the game, uh, which when I found out about it for the first time, was kind of blown away because I was like, oh shit, that's pretty fucking awesome. Um, but uh, for the rest of the characters in the game, uh, Nina and Cray are on a journey to find Nina's sister and Cray's love interest, um, Alina. Uh, so they're out searching for her. Uh, they end up uh, crashing their sand flyer thing because of a dragon. Um, so she, he stays and guards the thing. She looks for, she goes off and looks for parts. Uh, so on and so forth. The meets uh, Ryu. They kind of go on this journey to find the parts, and everything kind of grows and grows and grows. Um, some highlights are pretty much: uh, you meet Urshan, who's this kind of moving robotic armor thing. Uh, you come to find out that Urshan's actually Deus. That was the uh, coolest revelation in this game for me. Like, it's been a while since I've been a surprised by a story element, and that one got me. I was like, "Oh shit, that's cool!" But anyway, continue. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the big thing from like when I was a kid. I don't. I didn't really remember that. And then I was playing. I was like, "Oh shit!" Now this all makes more sense to me now. Like mm-hmm. this whole character, because I hated fucking Urshan. Because like she talked weird. Like, uh, like talks in third person, which I was like, "This bothers me." What the but hell? But it kind of talks. She kind of talks in third person and as if she had mer- multiple personalities. Like, it was this weird middle ground that I did not understand until that point hit. And I'm like, now this character makes so much fucking sense. So Exactly. And they're kind of like a weird, like, physical tanky type thing. But then once uh, the, the revelation comes about and Deus, like, accepts that this is her life right now. Uh, and then Urshan gets, like, all this magical power and all the stuff and all her kind of things become unlocked and becomes a better character. Oh, yeah. uh, I think actually becomes one of the can be one of the top tier characters if you do if you do the stats right or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I guess that could be said for every character in the game. But uh, still learning about that. Um, Cray ends up spoilers. Uh, you end up fighting Alina and killing her, or he does because she's become uh, what's known in the world as an endless. So the big kind of like the secondary kind of antagonist. Uh, Yuna, I think Yuna, right? Yeah, Yuna. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, a, I was like she's like a scientist for the Empire, some genetic scientist thing, right? I think looks, it's a dude, though, right? No, I, I definitely think it's a chick. Is it? It looks like a guy to me. So it's it's she's a very homogenous <laughs> uh, sexual orientation of this 
because there's a ton of makeup, very feminine features, but it could be a guy. You know, it's kind of a, it's, it's, I don't think it matters. I don't recall them referencing the sex, but yeah, it doesn't, doesn't matter too much. But, uh, so this person is like the, like the head kind of geneticist occultist of the empire. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are, they're trying to find a way to control the, uh, the beings that they summon. The beings that are being summoned are being summoned from another world, another dimension. It's, uh, it's not really explained too well. It's very, uh, it's very Lovecraftian. Um, kind of thing because they're they're kind of like these dark demony crazy things but yeah continue um and so you you find out that folu and ryu together are like the strongest of this endless and when they were split apart uh their powers are kind of weakened mm-hmm. um so that's why they're trying to get back together they're like they're drawn together to become whole again um, you learn that Deus is another one of the Endless, and then every single dragon that is in the world was a Endless that was summoned to the world previously uh, by different tribes or different groups of people to, to fix a problem. And mm-hmm. then once they fixed the problem, they kind of just like went off into their own thing and stopped being... They were more neutral towards the world, uh, so they just kind of went off into their own thing. Eventually, they changed from their humanoid form into the dragon form, mm-hmm. uh, and that was like their kind of basic form. It's not really explained if that's their true form or exactly what's happening, whether if they are all summoned in the humanoid form, like Fulu yeah. and Ryu, yeah. but it's just, they end up in that dragon form and they kind of do whatever. Um, it's a, it's a very the way, uh, interesting side story. Cause a lot of these endless are, are like, I think the designs on a lot of them are really cool. Um, there are powerful kind of things as well. Um, and it has interesting implications as far as the canon goes, but, uh, continue. Um, she, uh, we, uh, Alina becomes one of these endless, and she is like the actual building or something, and like Cray has to kill her, kill her with the dragon sword. Is that right? Is that? Uh, yeah. So like, uh, Yuna successfully created an artificial endless, uh, to use as a sacrifice, I guess, for that the big cannon thing. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't remember what it's called. It's like caravan or some shit. Caravan. It's, it's, it's a weird else. name. It's a weird name. Uh, uh, but it's like their, it's their ultimate weapon that they can use to dominate. Uh, places and when they shoot it, it like it can it's like a nuke kind of thing like it makes this big hex thing uh and f- pretty much fucks everything up and whatever it gets shot in and um, uh it's it's worth noting that this this story takes place after an already kind of extensive long lasting war that's kind of been going on for a very long time and like this hex thing is essentially like uh like a uh like consecrated ground if you will, like uh, that has happened before in a number of um, places, one of which is kind of where you first meet Urshan is kind of like one of these hexed areas. Um, kind of, it's this is weird. Uh, I just, I just, I relate it to like a like consecrated ground almost. I just, I kind of did like a Chernobyl type thing where mm-hmm. like it was like this mass weapon of destruction. It mutilated the area that was hit like there's all kinds of problems because of it and it's long lasting it's not going anyway anytime soon yeah um but yeah so pretty much like they're all like a majority of the time you're spent trying to find alina you find her then uh the empire gets involved they they're like oh shit this is ryu the other part of folu we gotta get him stop him from doing all the shit uh anyway eventually your party makes it all the way to the palace uh, you confront Fulu, and this 
is where the interesting thing happens. You have a conversation with Folu. Uh, depending on your response, you can either uh, merge with him and have uh, the dominant personality be Ryu, or you can merge and have the dominant personality be Folu. One is the good ending, one is the bad ending. If you merge and Folu is the dominant personality, you turn into the Tyrant Dragon, mm-hmm. and you have the choice between like just destroying your whole party or letting them kill you. Um, interesting note is if you do this and you have Urshan uh, in the combat group, she defends the whole time. Deus yeah. is like, I'm not fighting uh, like one of my own type thing. Yep. Um, but if you don't, then you destroy Folu, and you, uh, he, he has this realization that maybe uh, he was wrong, and uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Ryu merges with him, and then all the dragons give up their power and become mortal, and everything's honky-dory. Yep. Uh, and this, uh, we and Nick have often uh, come, to, come to verbal blows in regards to multiple endings on these games. And uh, I have a distinct uh, opinion when it comes to multiple endings. But I think this is multiple endings done right because it's not reliant on my entire length of gameplay. Like, if you save right before you go in there to deal with Folu, like, you can play around with that conversation to see the different outcomes, to, to experience the multiple endings of this game. And I think that's multiple endings done right, and I think it's really cool. Um, but, yeah, that's that's basically the story... Uh, of the game uh, and again like I'll repeat it is probably the most in-depth story we've got to this year I think it's got a lot of stuff going for it it's by far the most involved story out of any of the Breath of Fire games so far um, three tried to have a pretty complex story but I think it ended up being pretty basic um, so what are some things that uh, did that worked for you in the story of this game Bjorn well, I think it's uh, <clears throat> much of what you talked about earlier, but Fulu being a part of it, and uh, well, it's it's much of a progression about the characters, really, because uh, from the start you don't know much about anything, and the way they incorporate new characters, it's not like oh, here you have another person, they joined you, you fight, so that's uh, that's fun part I think, it's awesome, and well. The way that you find the new, I think it was Nick that talked about the inter, in uh, the integrated the mini games into the into the game story overall. I think when you as the crates you talked about Brent and everything with the rafting. I think it's the story overall is it's great. I mean, it's it got depths and everything. It's not not like. I mean, I played this game like 15 years ago or something, and I could still remember things from it. It was like, oh, this again and that again. And that's not many games that actually well, suck like that. So overall, I think it's just it's a great story with, well, I think more games should take after it. Okay. Um, what are some things that worked for you in this story, Nick? Um, I really like the kind of duality of the, like, uh, Mentian Zed, the having Folu's uh, type of, like, you get his background information, and then you get the main party's kind of information, and the fact that in a lot of games, when you get a side character, like, you get, like, a brief, like, maybe 30 minutes, like, an hour max of, like, kind of plot with them, and then it's like they don't exist anymore. They're Mm -hmm. meat, like, there's meat in your group. 
uh, I felt like the characters in this game uh, all like had some kind of they constantly uh, had a stake in the story. Exactly, like there was like there was a reason for them to be there, and they they constantly emphasized that in a way. Like, mm-hmm. um, and they there was always they were always relevant in some form or fashion. Um, and I really liked Sias as a character. Like, yeah, no, he was a, that was a cool at, character. Say that again. I said that was a cool character. Yeah, I liked to see like how literally it was like yeah, I'll just uh, I was just told to watch y'all, so I was just gonna come come along and uh, see what happens here, and and then that's cool, like. He's constantly like, "Why? Why would you do that? Like, that's this. You know, this makes no sense, right? But that's fine if that's the way she want to play it. I mean, like, that's uh, he was cool. Yeah. Um. Like, I just uh, I felt like it's probably the best story that any of the Breath of Fire games have delivered yet. And uh, unfortunately, I know where we're going in the future, <laughs> and I am aware that this is the climax. And. Uh, yeah, just I really in, I enjoyed the whole thing immensely. It's a a good a good cohesive story, with a lot a lot of the time stories will try to do that like they'll add this like extra lore like the machinations behind the scenes and uh, I'm I'm like like you said the is all like, kind of had Lovecraftian thing to it and I'm I like that kind of genre of horror anyway. Uh, so the I guess the revelations behind it and like revelations behind Deus being who she is and the callbacks to the previous games as always uh it just felt like a great a great kind of thing to me so you got it um so things that worked for me in the story um i'm kind of along with you guys i i i tend to be a fan of dual storytelling when it's done right um i think they did a, a fairly decent job of dual st- storytelling here um even though i don't particularly care for the uh, Folu character so much um, it's uh, I don't particularly care for him as a villain uh, but that's not uh, to say that getting both sides of that story wasn't interesting um, I enjoy like I said I, I'm like the worst person to watch movies and TV shows with because with, I'm always like alright this is the thing they're going to do and like I try and predict it ahead of time and I'm the worst like I understand that's not a desirable trait for people to do but I do it I can't help myself and I do the same thing in video games I'm like alright I think this is where the story's going and a lot of times I'm right um, but the revelation of Urshan being um, Deace was really cool for me um, anytime I can be pleasantly surprised by a, a turn in the story is is excellent and it, um, it sort of made me realize some of the foreshadowing that you kind of get uh, earlier in the game or some of the hints you might get to um, Urshan's nature um, really early in the game and that's that's really cool uh, I didn't hate that character as much as I think uh, Nick did early on like I, th- I thought she was a, a weak character um, I do kind of like the loony characters from time to time like like they're just crazy for being crazy sake I, I, I tend not to have a problem with that Um but that was, you know, I thought each of the characters were distinct and really cool. Um, they did some uh, unique things with the Breath of Fire trope uh, tribes in this game. Um, I think, uh, like, Silas as a, you know, um, like the, like, as a member of the, like, the dog people uh, is a unique play on that. Like, we haven't seen a dog person kind of like Silas yet. Um we've seen you know cat people like cray but uh 
ending is kind of always the same, but they, they did some unique things there playing with um, those stereotypes, especially with other characters you meet. Um, there are a lot of adjacent characters that are really interesting and compelling, like the like the pedo frog, the one that's uh, basically uh, wanting to massage Nina. Like there's tons of these really interesting uh, characters that you meet along the way. The world is uh, dynamic and full as far as because uh, we, as you heard when we were explaining this, or we had to keep jumping back to explain these little parts and how that was relevant. And that is, uh, it's really cool when they really fill out a world and it's lore like that. I really, um, and I think that's something that the previous uh, Breath of Fire games have been missing is a little bit of the world building. They kind of like, anthropomorphic animals, you turn into dragons. There you go. Um, then there's this evil dra- uh, god in the background. Like that's kind of, that was Breath of Fire's MMO until this um this version of the game uh yeah interestingly enough every other final boss was a demon and this time it was actually a dragon they're fighting well i guess they kind of imply that dragons are just a different type of demon i think is kind of the feel i got from it um but that's you know that's neither here nor there but i'm with you like this is different um it's it's really aside from the first three games entirely um what else to say about the story that I liked? Um, I think, like I said, I think it was a really um, well-rounded, enjoyable story. Now, some things that I didn't care for. Um, I really, it took me quite a while to kind of become invested in what's happening due to the way the story starts. Because um, you don't actually, like, start off with your point of view character, which isn't unique to jrpgs but um you kind of start off with this nina cray thing and then nina just kind of runs into ryu like in a crater and they've already established that there's dangerous people around and she just finds this dude in a crater and she's like yeah you can come with me i i guess oh and i guess here let me give you a deadly weapon so that you can come with me none of that seems remotely smart or like a good idea like uh and i we got to keep in mind though she was a sheltered princess she's out for the first time pretty much with cray like they snuck out looking for her sister she is not 100 percent there on the whole like don't talk to strangers bit i get that but like literally two seconds before cray gave her the don't talk to strangers like speech and hands her essentially a priceless heirloom that she's aware is a priceless heirloom to by the best I can reckon in the rest of the story. She's, she's aware of what the King sword is and then just hands it to a stranger. Like, so I, I can take the fact that Nina and Nina tends to be like a sympathetic, naive character. Um, so, I mean, I can, I can, uh, I can, I can follow some of that, but not all of it. It was really kind of a, well, I guess we're off to see the wizard. Like, I mean, it didn't really feel um, like there was any kind of reason for the story to be moving forward. Um, I would like to say that I do think it's funny that the reoccurring theme that gets these heroes kind of moving in almost every game is doing some sort of quest for for Nina's sister. Like, this takes it way further than any of the other games, but in all the other games, it's like you're either saving her pig or rescuing her from somewhere. Nina's sister is incompetent. Like, she needs to just stay at home, all right? Like, if you're related to Nina 
in a uh, a sisterly way. Don't go anywhere. Don't do anything because bad stuff's gonna happen to you. Um, but yeah, so uh, I think that was my 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 primary problem. Um, I did. I'm not gonna go into it now because we're are, this is already kind of gonna be a behemoth of a show. But I did send Nick like a seven page text why I hate. I hate so much when they use old English to denote some sort of uh, displaced like time because they never do it right. I'm not going to go into the full thing, and it, it really bothered me um, how Folu talked. It was really kind of annoying. Um, so, uh, but I, it's kind of hard to point out things that I, I, I didn't really care for. I wish some of the characters were more fleshed out, but again, it was really great. What are some things that did not work for you in this story, Nick? Uh, I mean, really, the only thing that bothered me was the slow burn, like the slow start. Like it took a bit of time to actually get to what it wanted, but I guess it needed that. Yeah, I think I think it uh, I think it doesn't really pick up until you do like the third Folu segment. I think uh, I think that's about when it starts to really get going, and that's a ways into the game. Yeah, I, fi- I always found myself, like, every time I'd play Folu, I'd get excited. Like, all right, great, this this part of the story is actually kind of interesting. I want to know more about this character, what's going on. Uh, but there'd always be, like, short, like, 15, 20-minute segments. And then you're back to just kind of like, oh, have we found Sandflower parts yet? Oh, uh, well, let's go find Cray. I guess we're done here. Oh, well, let's just go here and there. And I was like, fuck. I don't, fuck it. I don't. Can I go back to playing for the loop? And uh, like, was it just me, or did the uh, like the first dream sequence where you're in the uh, the palace or whatever? Did it feel really disjointed? Like I did, like it took me a minute to realize what was happening, and uh, how it was remotely relevant um, to what to like this weird premonition that Ryu had. Like was really strange. Um, did that? Did either of you feel that way? Just me? Right, I guess yeah. So. No, no, I totally understand you because it's like you're doing something and suddenly like they jump out of the water and it's like, oh, I know this. But like, what the hell? Uh, and, how did we get here? What? And uh, I think, I mean, I uh, hate to jump back into it like this, um, but I feel like that scene, that section in particular, um, the fact that you saw it in a dream and you play it in a dream kind of takes away the because uh, it feels like that should be a really intense situation like you are way behind enemy lines you're sm- sneaking around you don't want to get busted but you kind of already know how this plays out almost um, and I feel like there's other games that have done that uh, we've seen this happen already but it's the stakes still still feel high kind of thing um, and the best part that comes to mind is like uh is Chrono Cross because you start that game kind of in a vision of the future and it ends kind of vaguely. Like, you know, something bad happens. Um, you know, there's, you know, the kids with the dagger and all that kind of stuff. And you, you don't really understand how it ends. It's kind of hazy. Um, but they don't do that to you here. So you kind of don't feel like you're not, there's like that. It just felt boring. Um, that scene did, but, uh, what are some things? Uh, did you have anything else that didn't work for you, Nick, in this in the story of this game? Not, not really. That was kind of it for me. Like once it got me, it got me. Then I was just going with it. 
All right, what about you, uh, Bjorn? What are some things that did not work for you in the story? Well, I would mostly say that it's uh, well, the same as you guys. In the beginning, it's it takes so long for it to get any pace at all because it's like you're trudging from A to B, then to C, and there's nothing real in as you said, Nick, I think when Fulu comes uh, comes along and there's some action, there's some speed and any magic at all. I think yeah, I think the biggest drawback is the beginning with the slow speed. Okay. Alright. That's that is absolutely fair. So if we're to score it, uh, well before we score it, um Nick, how much do you know about sort of all the fan theories about how Breath of Fire 4 relates to the canon of Breath of Fire? Uh, to my knowledge, um, a lot of the fan theories are stuff like this is either uh, extremely far into the future. Like the theories that I've read are like there's Breath of Fire one, and then like so like so like it's a kind of direct sequel, but like a couple hundred years later, Breath of Fire two, mm-hmm. and then kind of in the same world, but things have kind of gone to shit more for the dragons. Breath of Fire three, okay. and then this is kind of where some people get like wishy-washy some people are like well this this is still the same world uh it's just way way into the future and then them summoning things because deus died in three and uh so did uh tear or marina where the hell you want to call her sister or whatever um so some people are like well the other world that they're summoning these creatures from is actually like the afterlife so they're just bringing them back from the dead Okay. Uh, that's why the the ritual is kind of weird and it doesn't work all the time. Like it's incomplete because you can only steal so much from the dead. Uh, some people think it's a alternate reality, like an alternate dimension. That's why there's the world's kind of the same, like the similar things, but uh, it's different. Okay. So the the alternate the the world the the endless being summoned from the other dimension is actually or like another world is just then being stolen from. Like an alt- another alternate dimension type thing. Okay. Um, but that's really all I've kind of looked into it about. Like I haven't done it too much in depth. All right. So how do you personally feel that Breath of Fire fits into the canon, if at all? I. What well, with the whole cycle of uh, like resurrection and repeating things that the the lore seems to have. I, I want to say that it's just it's in the same it's the same world because you see like there are some areas that are kind of similar like callbacks from Breath of Fire three, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so I feel like it is in the same world in a, a way, and the whole um, the suck the taking creatures from another like another world or sucking them from wherever they're coming from, is it's possible that it's instead of the world's uh, like reincarnating everything in the same time period that it's supposed to be doing it in. Uh, when people are doing these rituals, they are uh, taking the characters out of the time and place that they're supposed to like they're supposed to end up in, and kind of pushing that date forward. So instead of them ending, like instead of the world like reincarnating these characters so many centuries in the future when they're supposed to be, uh, when they're doing the ritual, they're being they're, that that kind of force is being pulled forward. So that's why they're all incomplete when it's happening. Okay. But I don't really know. It's all, right. all conjecture. Nobody's really going to say anything. Yeah. So. Um, I'm with you on it's all conjecture. It doesn't say anything. But my head canon, the way I want to I wanna believe it, is obviously uh, Breath of Fire 1 and 2 kind of obviously feel like they're in the same world. Um, like the 
exact same world where breath of fire seems similar but off to the side um i feel like uh that these worlds kind of exist in a uh weird uh mirrored dimension kind of thing where they're all very similar like all these places spawn from one thing and they're all bound to have these um important people these threads of fate if you will or, or stars of destiny whatever uh fantasy trope of these chosen extremely powerful beings from these alternate dimensions and they all kind of move forward and do their things through time space whatever and i think them summoning these other uh things are essentially summoning other versions from other places so like uh you know there's there's a world where you know uh like uh like you're being like they're being summoned from another place so like there's there's a there's a reality out there where the leader folu is the leader of this dragon tribe and like he like there's this dual nature between him and ryu or like they're getting broken apart in the transfer like i just like to believe that like uh all these exist not in the same timeline but in different versions of the same reality and that they're being summoned from the other versions of these realities um, maybe not direct correlations of versions we've played in previous games, but other ones that we haven't touched. Um, except for, with the exception of maybe someone like, uh, like, uh, Dias, who is, like, maybe there's, like, one or two of them that are, you know, uh, unique or special across the entire spectrum, or something like that. That's what I wanna, what I wanna believe. Um, alright, so, um... So that's, I basically feel like everything is kind of, like, I just want to believe it. It's probably not true. I probably have the weakest theory. But um, how do you feel as far as how Breath of Fire 4 fits into the canon of Breath of Fire? Or how do you think this world um, fits into the grand scheme of things there, Bjorn? Well, I don't know much about the Breath of Fire universe, really. But I know that... Uh, I think it's interesting that you can find Momo from Breath of Fire 3 as a teacher or a master in, I think it's Windia or something. Whatever the sound account, ah, that town is called. And after you clear the game, you can find some other hidden characters. So I'm guessing that they all go together in some way or form. And I think it's, it's kind of cool if they can, well, build it so that you can see at least some sort of... Uh, Ah, what's the word? Ah, that's a red line at all. I mean, it's coherent and all. Sure, whatever, whatever word you're you're thinking of using, we're just gonna insert that here. Pretend like we found it, and uh, move on. So let's let's um let's score the story, shall we? Uh, Menthium, what are you gonna give the story? Or Bjorn, sorry. I'm gonna give it. No worries. I'm gonna give it a five. You're gonna give it a five, Nick. Where you at on the story? I'm also at a five. All right. Um, see, I don't know if I can give it a. Eh. The beginning's so weak. Like, I don't know if I can give it a five. Like, uh, I think I'm gonna give it a four and a half. Like, it's just it's such a slow burn. Like, I think it's really good. I just don't think it's perfect. Um, so four and a half story for me. Um, and we'll move on to visuals. I'll go first. Um, visuals. I. I don't know how to, it's, alright, so, all the 2D stuff, fucking amazing, like, probably the best sprite work 
I've ever seen. Um, 3D stuff, <laughs> like uh, even like the cutscenes and kind of that stuff is kind of mediocre at best. Um, but the 2D stuff is amazing. Like by far some of the coolest sprite work from the enemies to the uh, character designs to uh, just the whole gambit. Um, Nick, how do you feel about it? Uh, the the visual in this game. Um, I agree. The 2D sprite work, fantastic. Uh, the 3D stuff, less so. I mean, it still holds up okay. Um, but, I mean, at the time it was pretty cool, I guess. Uh, but now, in comparison with some other stuff, it's just not 100% the best. Uh, I mean... Yeah. Alright. 2D, fantastic. Just like you said, 3D, mediocre. Yeah, I think some of the 2D, the, the 2D sprite work is some of the best we've seen. But the, like I said, the 3D stuff like kind of brings it down. Um, where are you at on it, Bjorn, as far as the visuals of the game go? Well, it's all the same for me, as you said. The only thing I added here in my little notes was about the compass and how that sucks. But, well, I'm all, all in agreement. Alright. So what would you score it then, Bjorn? Uh, with everything in count, I would give it a four, actually. A four? All right. Where you at, Nick? Um, I would say four point five. All right. Um, I'm going to be, I'm going to be with with Bjorn on this as the four. Like the sprite work stuff is so good. It's just everything outside of that is 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 a disappointment. Um, you know, it's. It, it, even so, that like they could have really, really just made some awesome, like boss sprites, but then they felt the need to make boss battles 3D models instead of like some really cool sprites, which I didn't really understand um, that design choice. But uh, it is, you know, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> it, it is what it is, but it's result in a four. Um, moving on to the audio. Um, so the audio again is great so the music is very memorable very um very uh it's very appropriate the only thing i have against it is i didn't really care for the asian inspired themes um as much as i cared for like the uh jazz inspired soundtrack of three i think the soundtrack in three was really really cool and really really jazzy um this not so much um like it uh it was still really good don't get me wrong like it was fantastic uh i just the think i think the theme of it was a little off it was appropriate seeing that how all the western continent stuff was very sort of uh asian inspired so it, it kind of really fits um appropriately it just uh it's for a lot of people just wasn't for me um Nick, how do you feel about the uh, music in the game? Uh, I think it's fantastic. Uh, like, I, I'm not as picky, I guess, as you about the genre uh, mm -hmm. too much. Good music's good music to me. And I, I felt uh, for the majority of the game, maybe on occasion there's something that I just really, like, whatever it was, I was okay with. Like, it really wasn't memorable. But for the most part, a lot of the, the music in here and sound effects and everything, uh, great. Because a lot of the sound effects, I think, were carried over from the Earth Fire 3, too. So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that's, that was fantastic. 
Yeah, and I'm with you. I don't think it's bad. By no stretch of the imagination do I think it's bad. I think it's really good. I just, I, like, I loved Breath of Fire 3's soundtrack so much. Like, this did feel like a small step down for me um, as far as um, the originality of it. Uh, what about you, uh, Bjorn? How do you feel about the uh, music and soundtrack in this game? Yeah, I think it's a great soundtrack, and all the music seems to fit into the settings of the environment, and I have seen much worse things in so many games, so it's when I were playing it with my headphones or with the uh, speaker on the PSP, I think it's it was really great just to hear the music, and oh, it's just, it's great music. Okay, alright, what would you score it, score it then, Bjorn? I would give it 4.5 because some songs and uh, well melodies are they're kind of tedious if you spend a long while in one place if you try to grind or anything but overall it's it's just awesome music but 4.5 for me all right nick what about you i'm gonna give it a five all right i'll also give it a 4.5 um like i said it's a really good um, not perfect. I'm not in a rush. Like I didn't go download it to add to my uh, my collection of stuff that I listen to all the time. But I think it was uh, extremely appropriate, uh, masterfully kind of assembled. Um, just like I said, it's for a lot of people, just not for me. All right. Overall experience, and like I say this every time, my overall experience is generally an expectations versus reality kind of situation. I look at it uh, versus typically what Nick's hyped me up about, uh, you know, what other reviews and other places kind of say, and then my actual experience playing it. And I would say, um, you know, there was some there was some words saying, you know, kind of here tale where, you know, uh, three and four kind of divisive. It's like, you know, you either, you know, really prefer four or you really think four is where they start to, you know, veer off to, you know, into left field somewhere. And I'll have to say, you know, I had just a ton of fun playing this game. It's really good. Um, the story is compelling. Uh, the mechanics, I think, are appropriate and um, well designed. Uh, the uh, like I said, the only uh, the only thing is the the camera. Uh, that's the only major flaw I had in playing this game. Um, the, the like the you know that's 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 it really. Um, nothing else really bothered me. Everything else is, is like I said, ton of fun. Star was compelling. Um, so overall, I'm scoring at a four point five. Um, Nick. Tell us about your overall experience and your score. All right. Uh, overall, I think this is one of the possibly one of the best games that has ever put out on a PlayStation. Uh, it's definitely deserving of a spot on the top ten list, I would say. Mm -hmm. um, the experience is great, especially uh, if you're coming. Well, it's like you said, for some people coming off of three, it's not as good. Um, and I will. I guess I'm part of that. It's not as good but that's like saying that uh like having well, I don't, like I don't winning the lottery is not as good as uh like winning the lottery when it's like hundred thousand dollars or a hundred million dollars is not as good as winning the lottery when it's like 99 million dollars like it's still a lot a good experience like you'll definitely enjoy it if you're into this kind of stuff i don't uh, it's um, just, 
I, I, I don't want to interrupt you, but I, I, I don't think that I would say that this is not as good as three. I just think that a lot of people say it kind of where the series takes off the left field. I would say this is better than three, but we'll get to that in the series overview, but um, continue with your, your overall. Okay. Uh, I mean, uh, damn it. I lost my train of thought. So, Sorry. Uh, like, I still think it's a fantastic game. Uh, it's just the like the the slow burn and then like the camera angles like Brent was saying uh kind of bring it down a little bit for me from a perfect score um but otherwise the plot much like leagues tears better than everything else in the series uh so I would give this a 4.5 as well all right um Minthia and Bjorn tell us about your overall experience um and your overall score well, for me, as I said, I came back to this game from like 15 years ago or something. And, well, what can I say? I think I had like, okay, I have these memory flashes about uh, the days when you meet her in the dream experience and some stuff from the palace. And uh, at first I was like, oh shit, I'm going to be disappointed here or what's going to happen. Well, I were pleasantly surprised, and, uh, well, as Nick said, the slow start there, and as for my only notes, it said, fuck the Golden Plains, because I got so pissed off at that place. I would uh, I would give it a 4.5, because, well, I really like this game, and I would strongly recommend it to any, anybody. Alright, so what was your score again, I'm sorry? 4.5. 4.5, I think. I think it's like, it's almost like if I could give it a 4.75, I would. Like, it's 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 not, by no means is it a 5. Um, and I don't want people to think, like, I'm trying to belittle it by not giving a perfect score. But I think it's really, really good. But there are some, some really kind of glaring issues um, that stand out to me as far as the overall experience of it. Um, now for... Uh, Nick's favorite category, replayability. Uh, as far as replayability goes, there's not a whole lot extra to do. Um, you kind of are encouraged to find the best masters on the first playthrough. Um, I guess if you can't find them, then you could uh, try and start over again. There's not, uh, at least in my my playthrough or how I played it, I didn't feel like there was a lot left to explore. or I didn't feel like I was missing out on a whole lot of hidden stuff. Um, plus, I could I could save before going into talking to Fulu to to do to experience the other endings. So I think it's got you know it's it's good. So it'll be fun to replay because it's good. So I mean I, I give it an average uh, three for replayability. Um, where are you at, Nick? Uh, I mean, just like any other RPG that I would have played, um, we're playing it. Great if you want to just relive the story again, or <coughs> shit, sorry. Uh, if you want to, I guess, try to work on not having shitty stats because the masters or whatever, then you can work on that. Otherwise, uh, it's you're pretty much getting the same experience every time you play through it. So two. All right, where are you at, Minthian? Well, it's hard to say, really. I mean, I alone, I did not find all the masters, and I did not. To evolve all the dragons and such uh, but I can't really say that I feel the urge to go back and like oh I have to 100% this I have to complete this I would have to give it a free as well 
All right. Uh, so that's our scores. Um, I do have a couple questions from the Discord that I'd like to address here before we go into quickfire questions. Um, first, Cujo wrote in and he said the reason uh, he was kind of let down um, by the whole Fulu plot twist um, because he had uh, he had he was a, he felt like he was a I'll just read it verbatim. The reason I was let down is that I felt that he was such a great villain by himself and did not need to make it a twist. Fulu had such great reasons for being who he was, and you find out that he was actually your quote unquote bad side. I just thought it was a cheap twist. I'm not saying that I didn't enjoy it for what it was, but I felt like it's better if you just, uh, like for, it would make for a better redeeming story instead of convincing yourself to do, um, the right thing. I like that narrative better. It's kind of the way I felt in FF8 when you find out that everyone kind of grew up in the same orphanage together, but forgot. Does that make sense? Um, I can kind of see where you're, where you're, where you're coming from, but my biggest thing, um, about this, this email or this comment is that, Ryu being the other half of Fulu doesn't doesn't really feel like a twist, like because uh, the the first Fulu scene like is right after Nina meets meets Ryu for the first time. He awakens and they make it very clear that his other half has has also awoken, right? Like has also appeared on Earth and that they must like find each other. And my first response when all that happens, oh well, that's the that's Ryu, like. I mean that that it did not feel like a, a twist at all, so I didn't feel like it was a inappropriate way for that character to go. How do you how do you guys feel about this, um, uh, Bjorn? Well, I think it's I think it's a good way to build everything up, and seeing as uh, the adventures that Fulu are out on in the beginning when he meets different people and everything, I mean it's he's not. I think really the bad guy up until they shoot the cannon at him, the carinade or what's it called and he gets hit with the hex and the earring falls down so I think that's where it all takes a dark turn from him, otherwise I think it's, well, he this wasn't really good good side, bad side until the end so I think it's a good narrative story Alright, how do you feel about it uh, Nick? I'm I'm in agreement with Bjorn here. Uh, I feel like there is, uh, as a, as a as it's like like it's a comment on people's duality in general. Like you can have, uh, like a good positive uh, side, but everybody also has that like kind of demon on the shoulder type thing. Uh, and Fulu being the more like exemplifying the more n- uh, negative traits society has, like narcissism, uh, overconfidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that just I'm better than you kind of thing um, and it's like during the course of his things he becomes softer as uh, like he, he's introduced to a character who uh, like cares for him like is implied falls in love with him um, and he becomes more like it's I guess it shows that, that you're not all, like there's no good and evil like there's kind of a mix of everything so he mm-hmm. becomes more and more uh, like he starts like it's, they start hitting at him becoming like softer the the harshness of him um and then when they the cannons fired at him and the earring falls down he comes to the realization that you no know, humanity is trash like they're willing to do this to each other they are true they are the true evil they need to be exterminated kind yeah. of thing so it's less of him 
because uh, he's not human, so it's not like he doesn't have the same sensibilities as a human would. So he's looking at uh, the, those people like this, like these insects just did this. Uh, it's like to this good person, like fuck this. No. Yeah, um, and I think I can I can agree with that. Is is he really he really is a sympathetic villain? And as you're playing with him, you know you kind of learn to understand his motivations. And I don't necessarily feel. I'm with you where he's not necessarily the evil half of Ryu. He's just uh, perhaps a more destructive half um, where in his attitude feels more in line with uh, with a deity of old. Like because when we think of modern concepts of, of, of a god or a deity, we think of this this all benevolent um, creator. But uh, in fact, it's not the way perceptions of deities have always been. They've always kind of been, uh, they have this very destructive nature about them. Um, and I think that, uh, Folu just represents that, that half of, half of, uh, Ryu's being the no sort of, uh, just, it's just essentially the, his, his like lack the destructive of, nature, natural force type thing. Yeah. Yeah, where he, you know, he he sees this situation. He doesn't see it from a sympathetic view, where he doesn't see it as these small and significant creatures are scared of me. Um, he sees it as they are just. He sees these other creatures as just destructive and evil, and he must he must make the ultimate call to destroy them all or what have you. And Ryu comes at it with a more sympathetic view, where it's like no. These people are scared of what you intend to do to them and themselves, and perhaps they make poor de decisions, and perhaps other people are hit, you know, harmed by these decisions. But um, it's not because they, as a whole, are inherently evil. Um, so and as well, that uh, Fulu has uh, lived once before, so to speak, when he founded the empire and Ryu is well newborn in all aspects so yeah. I think that's he already has a personality so to speak so I mean yeah it's even more duality you can you can say sort of like a like an innocence versus a cynicism like between the two of them um like I don't think it necessarily needs to be broken down to one's good and one's evil I think there are other ways to look at it um they do have counter point of views but I do feel like Fulu is a is a very sympathetic character in you know uh, especially his interactions with the Empire that he's he's being chased and hunted this entire time, um, you know you see his interactions with 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 Bunyan of all people, you know I don't think he's necessarily an evil character, uh, brash, powerful, uh, you know and uh, and narcissistic sure, but uh, evil I wouldn't I wouldn't go that far. Um, Fair enough. So thank you for your comment, Cujo. And then Anderson also had a question. He goes, if they were to remake Breath of Fire um, or make an, a new game, what could potentially be the biggest thing they could fuck up on? Um, Nick, I'll let you go first. What do you think the biggest change they could make to Breath of Fire to make it garbage? What do you think it is? And don't oh, say... They already did it. They, yeah, they made it a fucking mobile game. Well, there's that. That's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. Fuck those cunts. Uh, what about you, Bjorn? What do you think uh, is the worst thing they could do to Breath of Fire? Well, for me, it would be to make it like a, one of those 80-100 hour games because I feel that those games I don't want to touch. I don't want to... Oh, I hate it. Because, I mean, look at Breath of Fire 4. You make a game between 30 and 40 hours. 
it's got an awesome story and build up and everything and there's something like oh here you can have 100 hours i was like nope so that's i think the worst thing they can do okay uh for me i think they could attempt to make it a true sort of action rpg all right with like a single character because like think of modern like rpgs these action aside from the playtime just open exploration games where you play a character and his primary mechanic revolves around turning in and out of these dragon forms all right so like on paper like oh that's a cool idea like a guy that's on these fantasy this fantasy adventure in this world with these anthropomorphized animals that turns into a dragon and fights evil demon things right that seems cool but I think that would miss out on one of Breath of Fire's, and for all the games, one of their strongest points has always been their supporting characters, the the players or the characters in the party with Ryu. And without that, I think that game is garbage. Um, so I don't think they should, uh, with uh, any say, make it an action RPG. Um, I also think. Uh, let's flip that question on its head. What is something I think would be really cool for them to do in a new Breath of Fire game? So let's assume they just make like another standard turn-based uh, RPG um, with kind of the same themes and stuff. I really think it would be cool to see other sides of these uh, these races, right? So we always have like... Uh, like the like in your party, you always have the female um, bird person. That's that's your healer. You always have, you know, like I would like to see like one of, a member of the Warren tribe. That's like a like a like a wizard, or even a member of the dog people. Like that is a is a is the the primary like wizard, and then like your flying character is like some grizzled like wing soldier guy who is like your heavy hitter. Like that he's just you know like this old fucking bird dude that's been through hell you know um i think it would be interesting to see like some of these um like i said breath of fire tropes of these characters from each of these tribes really turned on their head uh it would be really interesting and then like like the dog people are like the merchants so instead of your dog person in your party you have one of the frog people in your party or fish people in your party and they're you know that they're they're more um warrior or whatever have you inclined i think it would be really interesting to see some of those those tropes turned on their head uh what it what about you uh nick what do you think is something they could really cool they could really do to to make a new interesting breath of fire game um <clears throat> well i'm gonna <laughs> steal something from one of my other favorite rpgs um i feel like there's always a conflict like a war going on between the different races in this world, mainly like the dragons versus everybody else kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so, why not uh, pull a Suikoden? Collect a huge uh... army of uh, allies. Like you said, That this will give you the opportunity to have different races reflecting different uh, kind of characteristics. Uh, the only drawback, I feel like, is they will lose that kind of character development. Yeah. That, uh, that which would be kind of a a big core of the game, but I feel like you give it to somebody who cares enough. Like it'd just be like a time thing. Like somebody can do it. You can incorporate every character into the game in some form or fashion. And not saying it needs to be like 108 characters, like just a like a bigger party, like a bigger, I guess, type of force. 
So maybe less of like accruing a bunch of characters and more having like uh like a like do a home base all the time, but you don't really ever do anything with it. Why not do something with a home base? Like create some type of fortress, fight like an actual war, and have it lead up to this like big gigantic kind of like dragon versus dragon fight, and you have all these other characters uh, like having their own kind of clashes on the battlefields, and have that like be a climax or something. Interesting. I don't Interesting. know. I'm just, uh, I guess I'm just feeling like a gigantic all-out, no-holds-barred fight, I guess. All right, so what about you, um, Bjorn? What is what is what is something you think they could do interesting with the the world or the series to make it, uh, you know, put it up on that next level? Well, I'm thinking mostly what both you said, just mixing the characters up a little, because so far as as long as I know has known the series, what I've read about the other games and such, I mean, it's all Nina is all the winged one and Ryu is the dragon. And I mean, make it a bit more, yes, Nick said, larger, more uh, tactical and uh, squad-based like Suikoden. I think put some more elements just besides the mini-games and, well, the normal map. And, uh, yeah, I think that that would actually turn the gears up a bit for the game. Okay, interesting. All right, well, we like I said, we are getting long here, so let's go ahead and enter into our quick fire questions so real quick i'll go around the table i'm going to ask everybody a question and we're going to ask it real quick or we'll give us a quick short simple answers first up bjorn what is your favorite who is your favorite playable character Ooh, i think that's uh Sias. all right nick well this is going to be bad Sias. uh i liked uh urshan like because i mean she's Dice, so it's cool. All right, uh, favorite boss, Nick. Uh, I like the optional boss, the writer. Ooh, that's a cool one. Uh, I liked uh, Khan. I like recurring humorous villains. Bjorn. Yeah, Khan as well. I think is he's hilarious. He's always the greatest fight in the world. All right, favorite dragon form. I like the little pygmy dragon, Nick. Uh, the infinity one where. <laughs> You fuse with Folu. Nice. All right. Uh, Bjorn, favorite dragon form? Uh, the evolved dragon form that Ryu gets. I don't know the name of it. But when uh, before you get all that dragons, he goes berserk. I think that's awesome. All right. The Kaiser? Yeah. There you go. Favorite master? Um, I like the chick that you unlock by doing the uh, thousand point combo on Khan. Because she's kind of like no nonsense. Like, well, I was training him. Who am I supposed to train now? Oh, train you? That's fine. <laughs> that, I, I thought she was really cool. Uh, Nick, favorite master? Uh, Bunyan, just because I like him as a character. Yeah, Bunyan's a cool character. Bjorn, favorite master? Uh, Momo, because she's like, I don't know what I do, what I'm doing here, but I can teach you anyway. So, okay, come on. All right. Uh, scale from one to five. One being super easy. Five being super difficult. Or... Sorry, one being super difficult, five being super easy. How hard was this game to masturbate to, Nicholas? A five. Bjorn? Five. Isa had a PSP. <laughs> I, I don't even know how to proceed from there. I'm just going to give it like a two, I guess. I don't know. This is like, there's no sexy, sexy lady action in this one, so I'm just going to let it go. Uh, Alina, Alina in that bed with the, that organs and stuff, it was kind of. 
Okay. It's getting me going. All right, so uh, our next game is Illusion of Gaia, so make sure you submit your questions for that. Make sure you fill out the form. Um, without much further ado, let's bring it into... Oh, before we do that... Um, so everybody knows Swedish superfan Bjorn, Minthian, uh, everywhere uh, we have stuff going on. But what if someone wants to uh, talk to you and talk about what you're doing directly? How can they reach you? What should they listen to? What should they do there, Bjorn? Well, the easiest way to find me is on Twitter. That's at Mantheon. Or, well, the same, Mantheon at Hotmail.com. It's my mail. I don't know how often I check it, but still. And I am uh, running my only show called All Things Fantasy and Science Fiction on, and it's on iTunes. Well, that's the easiest way to find me. There you go. So be sure to check out his stuff. Menthian's a cool guy. We love having him around. We hope to have him back soon. Um, and without much further, just pull up the beautiful, beautiful scab music. All right, you can visit our home on the web at therpgshow.com. There's all kinds of stuff there, links to our forums, links to the form that I want you to fill out. There's uh, all kinds of cool and wacky shit there along with other shows, including our buddy Blaine and James doing the show called Video Games the Movie, uh, where they talk about movies related to video games and video game culture. I've been on it. I believe Bjorn's coming up on an episode uh, here soon, so be sure to check that out. Uh, you can send us an email, podcast at therpgshow.com. You can follow us on Twitter at therpgpodcast. Be sure to leave us a rating and review on iTunes each one counts come on guys i don't want to see an active podcast above us in the itunes listing so until next time say goodbye everybody goodbye everybody hey everybody that was a long show